Jesus Christ was crucified on Passover. He was buried on unleavened bread and resurrected on first fruits. Now, Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits are Jewish feast days. It was Passion Week in Jerusalem when Jesus Christ fulfilled these first three Jewish feast days. Hi, everybody. I'm Jimmy DeYoung, and you need to understand the connection between the passion of Jesus Christ and prophecy. We have available for you a series entitled The Passion and Prophecy, a five-hour CD audio series that will help you look at the period of the Passion, the place of the Passion, the red heifer, and how Jesus Christ is a fulfillment of that particular Jewish ordinance. What about the Song of Songs? That's the Song of Solomons, and the Jewish people believe that is the Holy of Holies in Scripture. And then I'll be talking about the Mount of Olives on this series. Would you like to hear an introduction to the Passion and Prophecy, this five-hour CD audio series? Well, if you would, just stay right there because we're going to play an introduction, and I'll be back to tell you how you can get your own personal copy of the Passion and Prophecy. Now here's the introduction. Why did God tell the Israelites to eat unleavened bread for seven days, listen, after the Passover, on their way out of Egypt? How had they been making their bread before? Sourdough. And, uh, oh, you have some, can I borrow some sourdough? I'm going to make me some bread. And they had been passing sourdough along. You know, ladies know how to make bread better than I do. They've been passing this sourdough along, taking a little bit of dough and making the next day's bread. God said, I want you to be separated from bondage. I've got freedom for you. I'm going to make a break. No more use that sourdough. Use unleavened bread. It's separation from bondage to freedom. That was the whole purpose of instituting the feast of unleavened bread. Now, he's crucified on Passover. Typology is unbelievable. Buried or separated, separated on unleavened bread. And then, you know what happens? <laughs> you know what that says there? First fruits. You know what first fruits is? Leviticus chapter 23 says, first fruits is that day after the Sabbath, which is the first day of the week, locks it into Sunday. He resurrected on first fruits. Interesting to note on those videos that I was telling you about, I interviewed a rabbi, a rabbi who is pretty scholarly on the feast. I talked to him about Passover, talked to him about unleavened bread, talked to him about Pentecost, the fourth feast. But he never said anything about first fruits. And I started questioning him, and he wouldn't talk about first fruits. Because it's a forecast of that which Jesus Christ was to do. Well, having done this, having scooped it out on the graph, I believe that Jesus Christ was crucified 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Thursday, 30 A.D. And then was in the grave three days and three nights and resurrected before sunup on Sunday morning, fulfilling every single thing. You see, my friend, the time of the Passion is very important. Why? 
has to fulfill all of Scripture. Has to fulfill everything the Scripture is talking about. The exact time of the Passion is important. Why? Because Jesus Christ had to fulfill prophecy. You know why God gave the seven feasts to the nation of Israel? You know what the seven feasts of Israel really is? A prophecy of the redemption for the Jewish people. Do you understand what Passover is? Oh, we as Christians appropriate it for ourselves. Wrong, folks. Wasn't for you. The Jewish feasts are not for us as Christians. We have derived benefits from them. But Jesus Christ died on Passover. Why? So the Passover lamb could wash away that which would keep the death angel for taking him away and separating him from God. And then Jesus Christ was in the grave on unleavened. Had to fulfill the prophecies foretold in the feast to the Jewish people. He was in the grave on unleavened bread. He resurrected on first fruits. Exactly. Exactly in minute detail laid out for us in Leviticus 23. The day. And then what did he promise? What did he say? Remember John chapter 16? What did he say? I must go away, but when I go, I will send the Spirit of truth, the Comforter, to you, to give you all. I will send the Holy Spirit. What happened on the day of Pentecost? Fifty days after first fruits. I mean, exactly like he laid down the redemptive story. Fifteen hundred years before it happened, he laid it out in the Word of God. He said, the Spirit. What did, what did Peter stand up on that day and preach? Man, this looks like Joel chapter 2 being fulfilled. What happened in Joel chapter 2? It was the announcement of the coming of the Spirit. What happened on the day of Pentecost? The Spirit of God descended out of the heavens in fulfillment to the Jewish people, the prophecy. See why it's important, the passion and prophecy, and the importance of the time? It had to be, or Jesus who was not who he said he was. and did not do what he said he would do to the Jewish people. It's essential because he had to fulfill all the prophecies. It's so, so essential because he must fit all the scriptures. It's essential because Jesus must be the anti-type. I told you what a type was, didn't I? You know what an anti-type is? The fulfillment of that type. You know what happened? Sometime, jot down this verse and look it up. Acts 6, 7. You know what that verse says? Acts 6, 7. That's driven me crazy as well. I, these verses just drive me up a wall. You know what Acts 6, 7 says? And a multitude of priests turned to Jesus Christ. 28,000 priests in the temple. They studied the book of Leviticus for at least 28 years before they became priests and every year after that. They knew the system of sacrifice. They knew the types of the Old Testament. Why did, what's a multitude? 
half of that, 28,000, 14,000? Why would 14,000 studied priests in Old Testament typology turn to Jesus? Because he was the anti-type. He fulfilled every type there was in the book. He had to do that to be who he was, he said he was, and to do what he said he would do. Oh, by the way, he had to do it, and it had to be on the exact day of Passover. Because in order to fulfill prophecy, which we only see a portion of fulfilled at this point in time, in order for that to happen, he had to fulfill the first four feasts, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, and Pentecost. He did it. He had to fulfill those four feasts before, and it had to be in the same year because the cycle had to go that way, before he fulfilled the last three feasts, Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, Feast of the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, Feast of Tabernacles. He had to fulfill the first four before he could fulfill the last three. Hasn't fulfilled the last three yet. On Friday morning, I'll tell you when that's going to happen and where it's going to take place and how it's all going to unfold. I have a lot of teachers, prophecy teachers out there saying, well, Jesus will rapture the church on the Feast of Trumpets. Wrong you are, prophecy teacher. And I'll show you on Friday where they're incorrect. But he had to fill these, fulfill these first four before he could fulfill the last three. And the last point, why is it so important, the time of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ? Since he has fulfilled prophecy in the past in absolute detail to the exact day we can anticipate he will fulfill all the rest of the prophecies given in the word of God this sets the foundation for the tower to be built upon he fulfilled everything in the past. I can now anticipate with great assurance he'll fulfill everything in the future. This is the first of the building blocks. Next time we get together, I'm going to speak about the importance of the place of crucifixion. The Passion and Prophecy is the title of a series, a five-hour CD audio series that deals with the passion of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection, where did it happen, what day did it happen, how did it all come about, how does the red heifer play into that, what about the Mount of Olives, and what about the Song of Songs, which is a Bible book that is the Holy of Holies for the Jewish people. All of this, a part of this five-hour CD audio series, The Passion and Prophecy. It's available. You can go to our website, www www.prophecytoday.com. Go to the shopping mall and click on The Passion and Prophecy. We'll tell you how you can get your copy. Or you can call our toll-free number and order it from those who will be in the office responding to your call. That toll-free number, 8-PROPHECY-8, that's 877-674-3298. It's a toll-free number from all across America. Call right now and order your copy, the five-hour CD audio series of The Passion and Prophecy. And what you're going to come to realize is that we're quickly approaching the time when Jesus will shout to call us to be with him in the heavens. You know, that could happen at any moment. And having said that, nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until.